I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RMTV Women's Podcast. This is episode 107, and today we are joined by our lovely friend, Emma Sanders. Emma, how are we on this fine Wednesday lunchtime? Well, thank you. Although it's raining, so it's not really fine. <laughs> it's not really fine, but you know. <laughs> yeah, good. How are you both? Good, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No complaints, <laughs> to be honest. So, could be worse. I mean, we're still in a global pandemic. I think fine's as good as we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Could be worse, could be better. But no, I'm really good. I'm, yeah, good. Positive vibes. That's what we like. That's so I, I lost a chocolate digestive in, in my brew this morning, so it can only get better now from here. Snap off. Yeah, I dunked oh. it too many times. That was it. Gone. You got to be quick with that. The dunking action. I feel like that's a really good debate that we could have about what's the best dunkable biscuit. But Top, I yeah, too much time. We'll have to save that for another video. Yeah, we'll save that for another day. If you want to see us do a whole video on Dunkle Biscuits, let us know. Um, but <laughs> today, we'll stick to football. Um, we've got a couple of topics to discuss. Um, the first one was, is one that I think only came out yesterday, um, late yesterday, and that is the FA launches new diversity codes. So the Football Leadership Diversity Code aims to tackle racial inequality in the English game. It also hopes to increase the number of female coaches in women's football. Um, I think that the number of coaches, obviously female coaches in women's football, is obviously quite high. But then if you think about it, across the board, not just in England, but around the world, there's a lot of male coaches involved in women's football, but not a lot of female coaches involved in men's football. And I think this is what this coach, one of the one of the things this coach is trying to do is tackle um, the amount of female coaches involved in the sport in general, I think. What's everyone's opinion on, on first glance of, of seeing the new codes? Go on, Amy, you take it. Um, I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was, just, I was just reading up on what, what it was on there. Um, I think it's it's nice that it's being like recognised that obviously it's an issue that needs to be balanced. And I think... I don't, I don't necessarily think there needs to be more of women in more women than men. I just think it needs to be more evenly balanced because 
at the end of the day, if, if there are women, if they're a woman or a man and they can deliver and do the job impeccably, I think that, that that's what matters. But equally, there needs to be an increased amount of role models for, for younger people to look up to, regard, like whether that be a man or, or a woman. I think for us, obviously, it would be we'd look up to a woman who was in the Premier League managing, for example. So they, you, need to, you need to create those sort of moments and, and just bridge the gap if that makes sense. But I think bringing in this something um, will definitely help generations to come in terms of providing those role models and, and people to look up to and therefore get people more in the higher jobs that, that they're aiming for, realising that it is, it is possible, things like that. Yeah, I think for me, I'm a big believer in the right person should, should get the job. Um, so whenever these kind of things are created while I'm fully supportive of the kind of motive behind it, which is, as Amy says, essentially trying to provide more opportunities and bridge the gap between um, inequality, whether that be, you know, men in women's football or women in men's football. My, my only concern is that you sort of create a bit of a pathway where you might push through um, diverse groups um, quicker than perhaps they're ready for or um, you know I when I've spoken to people who've been kind of in that in that position where they felt like they've had a lack of opportunities in the past and then there's a pathway created for them you know whether or not it's through um, a course an internship etc they sometimes feel like the, you know that's kind of been put on in a way to to tick a box and it's not necessarily in their best interest so I'm always a little bit cautious with with these kind of things and like I said like completely support the motive I think it's just um you've got to be very careful with the way that you execute it and I think as long as they're given the the support and the time um that you know all other coaches are given and they're not sort of rushed through the system and put into a position where they're perhaps not ready to take on the roles that they're being given I think it's a really positive thing but ultimately um you know for me it should always come down to whoever is the best is the best and, and they and they get the job but yeah I think every everybody wants there to be more opportunities for women to get into men's football more opportunities for women to get into women's football um you know we'd like to see more more black women involved we'd like to see um you know more black men involved um Hope Powell is sort of a bit of a I hate I hate to use this word but like a trailblazer in kind of women's football obviously with being um, a former England manager herself so um, she's you know like Amy says a role model and someone that people can look, look up to and I think that's really really important but Hope has also proven that she was the best for the job um, you know she's obviously still managing WSL and doing a good job at Brighton so um, she's got their via merit and I think that's the important thing is that it has to be via merit first and foremost, um, but ultimately the main the main priority has to be to create that opportunity for them in the first place, to give them that pathway, to give them that support, so that we can see more women um, and more diverse backgrounds um, involved in in football. And I think every, everybody wants that. Yeah, I think you sum that up perfectly there. I think there's there's a good example of. Um, talk about like more females being involved in the men's game. Obviously, when the Chelsea job became available in the Premier League, there was a lot of talk about Emma Hayes potentially being a candidate to take that role. Um, but obviously, before Frank Lampard got it, and you know, there's a, there's a number of, of men's team um, in different parts of the world that do have female coaches, female managers. But 
do you think Emma Hayes, if she would have got that job, if she would have taken that job, if that was an option, that maybe it would have been maybe too soon for, for a female manager to sort of try and bridge that gap in the men's game? Yeah, that's a classic example of kind of what I was talking about, about trying to maybe rush people through when they're not ready. Um, and obviously that was, it was all from people outside saying, you know, we should give Emma Hayes a chance. I don't think, with respect, I don't think it was ever a consideration with, within the club um, because she's never worked in men's football and it's completely different to women's football. That's not to say she doesn't know anything about it, but it's to say like the kind of personalities, the people that you're dealing with, um, the day-to-day job is just so different because you have to, you know, the, the players are earning, are earning, you know, stupid amounts of money. They've got completely different lifestyles to women's footballers. They've got completely different personalities. They've got different circumstances. So man management, player management is, is completely different. So that's one example um the media scrutiny is you know tenfold than, than what you'll get in women's football so that's another example um things like tv um broadcasting sponsorship like there's a lot more um kind of you have to do alongside just the general managing of, of the team in men's football as well um and likewise in women's football you know emma hayes will do a lot of the, the kind of the dirty jobs and you know she'll do a lot of stuff around around the training ground and around the stadium that you wouldn't expect a men's manager to do. So they're, they're both completely different roles. So um, I think the fact that she was brought up in conversation was a testament to how impressive she's been in, in, in the women's game. Um, and yeah, football is football at the end of the day. She, she will be extremely knowledgeable. But like you said, I think it's, there's, there's different factors within men's football, like what there is within women's football. And I think to throw her in a, uh, to a job like that in the Premier League would have been, um, you know, just completely unfair. And uh, I don't think she, I don't think she would have taken the job anyway. Um, and I actually think, you know, she's obviously been linked with the England women's job in the past. And I think perhaps maybe, maybe the reason why she hasn't is because, you know, she might not want all of that media attention. She might want to stay at club level and sort of stay with this group of players that she is passionate about kind of giving them the opportunity for. Um, would she get the same out of that in men's football? I don't know. Um, does she even want to manage in, in men's football? You know, why why would the Chelsea men's job be better for her than the, than the Chelsea women's job at the moment where they're at the peak of, you know, of the domestic league, they're challenging in Europe, they're, you know, on paper, one of the best sides in, in the world. Um, hopefully they'll go and prove that in the Champions League this year. So, why why would she want to go to men's team you know some people could argue that's a step down some people would argue it's a step up um, I think in, child, in um, Emma Hayes's opinion um, she's where she wants to be so yeah yeah I agree with that I think also I think if she if say if she would have got that job for whatever reason I, I don't think it would have benefited female coaches in any way to be honest with you because like you said, they're under more scrutiny. They've got more eyes on them. They've got, you know, the the me- certain media outlets and certain people would have had a field day of if her opening match. They would have lost four or five nil. Do you know what I mean? Or or whatever. She would have done a poor job in a, in a couple of games or or whatnot. Compared to, you know, obviously Frank Lampard gets his fair share of of criticism, but I feel like for me, I think if a woman was to now get a a, a job at a big club like Chelsea in the Premier League, I, I'd feel a bit like, oh, it doesn't quite feel right for me because it feels almost too soon. 
in terms of, you know, Emma Hayes is a brilliant coach and obviously she's done it so well at Chelsea over the last however many years, but it's it's better for her to stay with a women's side that's growing women's football rather than go into a men's team where potentially she could only last six or seven months because the club feel that she's getting too much scrutiny and, you know, they're, they're losing whatever it is if they would have had, a, had a, a male coach in charge. I don't know whether you guys feel the same about that. Yeah, I feel the same. One point that I thought when, when you guys were both speaking is that it's quite strange. I definitely think we're like definitely more than a few years away from that stage possibly even 10, 10 or so more years away from that being a thing and I think the only way that it would be implemented if, if they started in a, a team lower down like a, a league one or even lower than that starting like that and then things about building experience as you guys said it's a completely different ball game in a way like it is football but equally the demands that come alongside it are completely different but when the thing that I thought was just kind of strange like for, for for such a long time, I can remember Man City women have a male coach and I've never like batted an eyelid at it ever. I've never gone, oh, they've got a women's coach, they've got a men's coach, like especially talking about the women's game, never sort of looked at it like that. But the whole world would look at it the other way around saying, oh, there's a women in the men's game, which is that's that's the thing that I'm like a bit like taken aback on that it's so it, to some people it would be so outrageous that that would happen whereas when it's happened in our world in the WSL and in the in the, the women's championship we literally we don't think about it in that way at all like I never even as I said but I don't know I did at it the fact that obviously it was Nick Cushing and now it's um is it Taylor someone Earth Taylor yeah that's the one um sorry my name I don't know these names all over my head anyways um like I, I never even thought about it that way obviously the majority of Women's man, uh, women's WSL managers are female, but the, the odd two that there have been, I don't don't see it as a like. As, I literally don't even think about it. But thinking if it's switched the other way around, it'd be absolutely monumentous. But hopefully, we get to a stage where they I don't know how to word this, but the way we see men managing a WSL is the same as other people would see women managing in the Premier League. And I think we will get there eventually, but as I said, it probably has to be implemented at a lower level before it yeah, gets I, to that stage. I- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Agree, and I actually think in women's football as well. If you go lower down the period, there's actually probably more men managing yeah. than they are women. Um, but like, I I do agree on that, and that's kind of the that's kind of where I'm saying about I I wouldn't want to see a woman just put into the Premier League because likewise I actually didn't agree with Frank Lampard's appointment because he'd had that one that one spell at Derby in the Championship, and that was kind of it in terms of his managerial CV. So I wanted somebody with more experience. So. It's not that I'm saying women have to go in at League Two and prove themselves because, well, I mean, we all, I think we all know that women have to prove themselves a bit more. Um, that's just how it is. Until we have that first person, um, there's always going to be more scrutiny on women. And like you say, until it becomes the norm to see women involved in men's football, um, they are going to have to do 10 times better than the men just to prove a point. That's just how it is. Um, that's not right, but it is how it is. Um, and that will only change with more women kind of coming in and breaking those barriers and proving those people wrong. But I'd say the same with men. Like if if a male coach wants to be a Premier League manager, then in my opinion, they have to go through the leagues or go, you know, and get international experience. And they have to earn that experience um, coaching before they take the job, the top job. Like the Premier League isn't just the peak of English football like it's it's regarded as you know by most people as the best league in the world so you know it's the best managers in the world really um should be among those in in the Premier League you know the vast majority of them are probably going to be in the Premier League so um that's not to say women aren't capable of it but it's to say you can't just go from managing like a team in the WSL then just suddenly managing a team in the Premier League like you know you've got to earn the experience like what you know male coaches have to do so I'd love to see women come through the system um, and either go through the system in women's football um, to become a WSL coach like what we've seen obviously Vicky Jepson's done that at Liverpool um, she's a classic example of someone who's come through the women's football system through the FA obviously started out in youth football and then just kind of come through the ranks learned her trade at Liverpool and then has been given an opportunity and, and now she's the WSL manager. Um, you know, and you can do the exact same thing in men's football, you know, go go through the ranks there, um, do you football there, work with the FA, um, coach teams lower down the league, work your way up, um, show what you can do and then hopefully um, get the opportunity in the Premier League. That's um, That's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think we hit the nail on the head but everything there. So, next topic then. Um, England's match versus Germany was cancelled due to a positive, positive coronavirus test. Um, a member of the Lioness's backroom staff tested positive before their trip to Germany. I think it was... The match was supposed to be yesterday, wasn't it? Um, right decision, really, wasn't it? Obviously, you know, you can't be putting the squad at any more risk than they've already been exposed to, plus, you know, unnecessary travel in contact with, with all the Germany players as well. Um, it just would have been silly, I think, if, if the game would have would have just went ahead. Um, but I think the big the big thing that stood out to me once, you know, it, it did come out that there was a positive test is that 
was it necessary for an, an away fixture to be played now? Obviously, it was only a friendly. It wasn't really anything in because the game wasn't really for anything in particular. Um, I, I, I agreed with the camp, but then also you think, well, was there a point, a point for the camp as well? Obviously, there's been a big breakout. Obviously, England's coronavirus cases have, have risen dramatically over the last couple of weeks. Um, it just puts people at unnecessary risk, really, doesn't it? I'll let Amy answer this first because I think I might be a bit controversial here. Oh, go on. Yeah. But just to say, by the way, for that game being cancelled, it meant I had a day off yesterday. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, um, go ahead. I, uh, yeah, I kind of get what you mean. I said right from the beginning of like COVID stuff, regardless of whether it was men or women, like just purely because I'm not a, a, a giant international football fan. I'll watch it if it's on, but I'm not like like waiting for it to like be on I'm not like there at seven o'clock in the morning like oh there's a game tonight no um but I think so you're awake at seven o'clock in the morning yeah not anymore um I used to be I used to be pretty good but I I think age has hit me and I sleep in a bit now um but I feel like there's two sides to it there's obviously one that yeah it seems slightly unnecessary if it's just a friendly but then two there's there's a stack now of could like consecutive giant competitions that are coming up like Euros, Olympics, blah blah, blah everything like that. And you think to yourself, well, when is there going to be any sort of preparation? So I guess these would be the games that, that that happens in. But then equally, does preparation come before safety and and, and things like that? Well, in this t- age and, and time of day, probably not. Um, but there's obviously reasons as to why, obviously, sponsorships as well. Things have to go ahead in order to generate that sort of money. And then if not, a lot of people lose out on it. So there's definitely reasons for and against it. Personally, I think it was probably a bit unnecessary. Just have the, the England be, they did home and away again this time, didn't they? And they did that last camp. So that, that could have been enough. But you ultimately, you want to test yourself against other teams. That's how you learn about your squad. That's how you, you make changes and you move forward. So there's understandability as to why it's gone ahead. It just seems, especially like, as you said, cases are rising quite significantly. And there was recently a little breakout within the WS. I think Emma UT did something like 10 return back positive, which has been the most that there has been so, yeah. so far. My understanding, by the way, is, is about nine of them are actually in the championship, not the WSL. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. Anyway. Um, stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 really confusing, and people have got actions for it and stuff. But traveling out away um, that far, it's could you could you not do? I mean, it's it's different if it's a qualifier. A qualifier is obviously Northern Ireland played a qualifier. Wales have been playing qualifiers for Euros, so they're like need to be played because when else are you going to play them but friendlies maybe you, you've got to shout for is that really necessary at this point in time but there's t- there's two and four isn't there it's it's super hard to make those decisions and I'm glad I'm not the one that has to <laughs> yeah I have to I have to admit while obviously safety is the main thing you have you have to play at some point and you can't go a whole year without England meeting um before like you say amy back-to-back major tournaments we're getting to one of the most crucial times in this country that we've had in years in terms of major tournaments we've obviously got an olympics and then we've got a home euros 
got a new manager coming in, you know, probably after the Olympics. Uh, we don't know who's taking on Team GB. We'll find out in November. Um, I've, I've got a very um, strong inkling of, of who I think it might be. But I think that, you know, the case is that England have to come together at some point. They have to train. They have to play. And I think most importantly, yes, look, you can play in-house friendly games, but you, that's, that's, not, that's not proper competitive fitness. That's not match fitness. That's not, that's not testing yourselves. That's, that's just another training game. Um, that's not the next level that you need in order to prepare for an international game because they're playing against these players domestically week in, week out. Um, you know, they're, they're playing alongside them during training camps. So what, what good really is that doing? I would argue not much. So I think, I think you have to play games. Um, I would argue that the safety measures that have been put in place, um, the bubbles that have been formed, the precautions that have been taken by the FA in particular, who, look, they get criticised for a lot of things, but actually I think the way that they're handling in terms of the day-to-day -day testing, um, the bubbles, the protocols that are being put in place, especially at St George's Park, and the way that, that England team will be um, sort of, you know, travelling to and from games. It's probably one of the safest FA environments in, in Europe, I, I would say. Um, so they're probably at less risk, really, being with England than what they actually are with their clubs, which I know sounds a bit crazy because you've got people coming from all different areas of the country, but they're getting tested, like, every week. So the whole point of that is so that you know, um, you know, what players are coming into contact with, with what, you know, what other players, and then they can self-isolate. Um, so that you're kind of controlling the environment. And like I say, you, you're going to get cases. We have seen a rise in cases, but like I said, you know, my understanding was that there was a breakout at one club in particular, and the, the, the majority of them were in the championship where um, players are going to be moving around a lot more, a lot more because they, they work outside of football, so they're going to be coming into contact with probably more people than, you know, the WSL bubbles will be. Um, you know, they might not perhaps, if they're part-time rather than full-time, um, obviously they might spend a little bit more time out, outside of the house and outside of the training ground bubble as well. Um, you know, they, they might be having to use public transport, that kind of stuff, because they can't rely on, you know, club members perhaps coming and picking them up. So there's all different, you know, reasons why there could be, that could be the case. But I think ultimately, um, like I say, at some point, they, they they have to they have to try and get on with things because um, it's it's not going away anytime soon. And um, I think, like I said, the best the best thing to do the, the best way they can do that is to kind of manage it and be on top of it, which they are doing with with the with the testing. And um, they reacted really quickly um, as soon as you know they they got the results through. Um, you know, whoever came into contact with that person would have self isolated. Um, players were sent back to their to their club bubbles. Um, they the reason why the players aren't having to self isolate um, as in as a team as a whole is because um, the member of staff kept two meters apart. They followed the protocols. Um, you know they sort of had their own. I mean, Lauren, you'll know because you've been to a game. I don't know Amy whether you're aware of this, but there's kind of zones within each bubble. So there's like a green, an amber, and a red. Um, so kind of you know, the red zone, which I think is like the players is very much a, they're the ultimate bubble, like very strict measures. And then you've kind of got Amber, which is, might be medical staff, um, press officers. And then, and then obviously you've kind of got like the press, which are kind of in like another, another zonal bubble. Um, so 
I think the measures that are put in, I think is safe enough. And um, yeah, like I said, I think they've probably got more risk picking up coronavirus from going to the petrol station or going to the shop when they're outside of football than what they will do actually on international duty. So I, I, I sympathise with people. I sympathise with people because you know they they may they may just want their own players to stay around domestically and you know focus on club football, but um, international football it, it it has to be played. It's the pinnacle of the sport. It's what puts the game on the map. It's what gets TV views. Um, you know, and it's they're all building up to a major tournament. And yes, health is the absolute priority. And that was why the Germany game was called off because they prioritised health. Um, but you you have to try and play football. Yeah, I think it's hard, isn't it? Because you you know you you're absolutely right in terms of they're probably more at risk when they go and get their weekly shop than they are when they go to an England camp. It's just I think it's just one of those unfortunate circumstances that's happened that you know one one person's tested positive. You know, they could have been asymptomatic, anything. They couldn't have been showing any signs of it. And like you said, they've all followed the protocols. And, you know, it, it probably hasn't put the, the, the camp in general at as much risk as it probably seems to us from the outside looking in. Um, it's just, yeah, you're absolutely right. You just, you do have to get on with it. And, you know, things aren't going to get back to normal if, you know, stuff like this doesn't happen. And obviously you don't want to see positive cases happening. But... At the end of the day, it's bad to happen to someone eventually, unfortunately, and that's just that's just the the, the way it is at the minute. Um, you can't you can't help the fact, and yeah, it's just it's just gonna be hard just to sort of try and wrap your head around the fact that you know all these are gonna happen, things are gonna happen like this for it for the for the future. Um, you don't know how long it's gonna last for, but you do have to sort of get a sense of normality back for the players and for, for clubs in general because, you know, if you continue to just sort of not put yourself in any of these positions, then it's just going to, you know, you're not going to be able to sort of just get on with things. So, yeah, it's just I think it's just one of them things that's just happened at the minute. But that hopefully, fingers crossed, that, you know, no players um, test positive or anything like that and everyone stays, stays safe. Um one thing, obviously, there's been a few international fixtures for, for the obviously from Euro qualifiers and that. But you know, every week we talk about Rachel Furness. She's becoming like the Phil Neville of our podcast now, Amy. We used to talk about Phil Neville every week, and now it's Rachel Furness every <laughs> week. Um, I think I prefer it being Rachel Furness than Phil yeah, Neville. <laughs> I I agree. I agree. But I want to comment. <laughs> but uh, Northern Ireland produced a heroic performance to win. 1-0 in their European Championship qualifier in Belarus. Um, they only had, they went down to 10 players, so they spent more than an hour of the game with 10 players. Um, but Fernie, with the, with the goal, was it a header? Like, yeah. she loves a header, doesn't she? Um, she's just, she both domestically and internationally, she's just outperforming everyone, really, isn't she? Yeah. She was, yeah. I mean, like, she's got the mindest touch, hasn't she, at the moment? Like, she's just, yeah. I think it was a mixed night for for Liverpool girls, really, because obviously, like, um, you know, like Razza Roberts, for example, like with Wales, that was such a disappointing result for them. And you think by Fernie giving Northern Ireland the win, they've probably kind of, you know, got themselves a, a foot ahead of Wales in terms of qualification. So. Big night for Northern Ireland, very disappointing night for Wales. Um, but yeah, Fernie just seems to 
she's in the right place at the right time or you know in every game um she's full of confidence um which we've seen ever since she joined the report you know she arrived in january she finished um the season as our um top scorer in the wsl and she was only there for like three months <laughs> before you know before football stopped so um i think that in itself shows something and then obviously she started this season she's been on higher picked up the player of the month last year last month sorry um and she's just yeah, I mean, what what more can you say about her? Like, she's just she just goes about a game. I think like the thing which I love about her is that she's just she's just so normal. I mean, yeah, she's also yeah. hilariously wacky as well. But just like in terms of just the way she is, she just kind of gets off, plays football, does the job, goes home. That's pretty much like she's just she does so talking normal. on the pitch, doesn't she? Really, she leaves it all on on there. She's quite a quiet person, like off the pitch in terms of you don't see her going out doing all these different things and she, but she does most of the talking on the on the pitch she's what you want from a player i guess she i guess she's like a media person's dream <laughs> like a PR yeah. dream <laughs> yeah you're right though. like she does she she leads by her performances and like at the moment she's just she's just scoring scoring consistently but yeah for me it's just about getting in those positions and obviously Northern Ireland had to really fight and struggle for that i think um becky flackerty came on in goal and i don't think she's played for like a year yeah. um Sheffield United's keeper so um like yeah kudos to her for sort of coming on I think she like she made a save like not too long after coming on which sort of settled her down but Bernie as usual you know led led that team really and just obviously got the all-important goal so um another great night for her and um yeah hopefully she can do it uh, for Liverpool against against is it Lewis or Lewis I never know how to say their name I say Lewis I say Lewis but I think yeah, I think it's those. But yeah. Yeah, I think it, it bodes well for us, doesn't it? Obviously, because we have got a big week. Obviously, we play Sunday, then we play City in the Cup, and then we play Sheffield United. So it's a big week coming up for Liverpool this week. But just quickly, Amy, do you think that puts Fanny now as probably one of the best number 10s in, in women's football at the minute? Um, I think she's definitely worth worth a shout, that's for sure. Um. It's kind of hard to say with all the disruptions. I think it's it's about longevity, isn't it? You, it's all very very well and say yeah, players inform whatever. But I, personally, I think of someone who's the best in the world, who's been the best in the world or up there for several seasons on end, which I think I think I think it's fair to say. Yeah. But I, in terms of in even leadership as well, like it's just phenomenal she's not the cap she's a vice captain but she to me she acts like a captain and as someone who supports the club she plays for it's, it's kind of what you want to see but she's definitely up there I think she's been able to add more goals to a game in this season in particular which is which is which bodes well anyways and it's just super commanding can just take the the game by the scruff of the neck and really be like a, an individual performer in some games where maybe the people around her aren't so she can really bring the team through in that way and I think we're just su- we're super lucky to have her, and I I can't believe that she was only with us for three months before we went into lockdown. It feels like she's been with us for for seasons. So I think she's got the potential to definitely be one of the best, especially in in like in in England for sure. Um, but I mean, we're kind of biased, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're all... yeah. I, I think it's fair to say like she's she's definitely one of the most informed in yeah. in the country. Um, I I think like yeah, I think. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You put her in that sort of bracket of, um, you know, sort of, you know, one of the best um, number 10s in the country. But I think when, you, when you're speaking about world football, um, that's just, it's just kind of another level, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of like, like the martyrs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, those kind of world-class players. So, um, but yeah, we love Fernie. <laughs> we do. Well, that's Bernie Franco. Bernie Franco, yeah. yeah. Get a goal. Make it to us in a common team, you go on. Yeah, I'm on it. A <laughs> little bit weird. I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's everything on today's agenda to discuss. Um, thank you very much, Emma, for joining us. A very short notice when we asked you. No worries. Good job you were off. Super sub. Super sub. I'm not off, I'm working today. Well, just not working until later. <laughs> oh, sorry, we distracted you from your Voldemort slaying. Yeah, I was playing um, Harry Potter Lego because I'm 10 years old. So <laughs> no, don't, don't even say you're 10 years old because it's an amazing game. I'd play it when I was 50. It's so good. It's just having a bit of downtime before work. I used to, I used to play the, the Star Wars Lego. That was a good time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm, a little lightsaber, Lego lightsaber that shot out <laughs> You press triangle and it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're nice all these. I remember yeah. you, you used to be like Jabba the Hutt, and like he would be the one that can jump like <laughs> twice as high than everyone else. So for like certain levels, you had to oh. use him. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to the gym. Yeah. I'm going to go and kill Voldemort now. Standard Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. Yes. Mission complete. Well, enjoy that. Um, Fernie. Even Fernie could slay Voldemort. <laughs> hey, Fernie would have done it by now. She wouldn't have been messing title. around on a podcast. She just would have got it done. She'd have held it the on the way. Rachel Fairness slays Voldemort. Done. There you go. No, honestly, if, if that is not the title for the pod, then I'm not promoting it. I'm not retweeting it or anything. <laughs> I'll make that the title. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, uh, thank you very much for watching. Remember to like the video, comment, subscribe to our channel. 
Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. And we will see you all on Sunday with some post-match content. But yeah. Is is like is the game like shown at this point or yeah. yeah, it's on FA player, isn't it? Oh thank god. Think. Thank God for that. Don't get our hopes up, Emma, and then go I think. I don't know. I'm at Wembley, so um, oh, no, no one cares. Oh, Just <laughs> got the cred through, so oh, the cred. Yeah. Street cred. <laughs> oh my god, let's get off. Let's go. Yeah, we'll see you next time. We're gonna do a video. Bye. Bye.